It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm tired. My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. The Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, as always, to our Sunday morning sunrise call. So excited to have you all here today and uh, looking forward to this moment where we find peace and solace and love and compassion with one another as we work to heal ourselves and our families and our children. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That, as I say, every week is my prayer and uh, what I long for and what I hope for, for all of us, including myself. This morning, we have my dear friend and mentor, uh, Sylvia High, back with us. She is the founder and CEO of Aiming High. She's an author. She's a master coach. Um, She is a training and development strategist, and she has 30 years of experience delivering content and context and helping us really transform our lives. Um, And she also does this for businesses as well. She is the founder of a series of events and conferences, including the I Am Woman Conference, which happens every September and is now in its seventh year. Um, I have attended every single year. I would not miss it. It is Uh, life-changing, and I strongly recommend it. Today, Sylvia is back to talk with us about the power of creation. In our last conversation with Sylvia, she really dissected that serenity prayer that I read every morning when we're here together. And she worked with us on what those words really mean, serenity, acceptance, and courage. And she helped us in that session focus on how we can heighten our intentions with the power of choice, 
when we are really working through our day-to-day lives. And so I wanna just acknowledge that and say I have been work in progress and trying so hard um, to really focus on my intentions in my language and my relationships in my life. And so I thank you for that, Sylvia. And this morning, again, we're gonna talk about creation, the power of creating the story um, that we want and the lives that we all want. So with that, I'll turn it over to you. And thank you so much for being here this morning. It's always a blessing, right? And I always have what I'm going to say, and then you'll say something that makes me think about something else. And just listening to you this morning, one of the first things that um, comes to mind before we even get into creation that I think we as women in particular don't give ourselves enough grace. Right. So I want that along with the serenity prayer to maybe start to be a part of your intentions on a daily basis. Give yourself some grace. And I think when we're high achieving women and have achieved a lot and know how to make things happen, we will rob ourselves oftentimes of our own humanity and won't uh, be as kind to ourselves as we are to others that are in struggles. Right or having challenges. So just use the word grace on yourself. Let me give myself some grace on this one because we're human and don't take away your own humanity and don't allow others to take away your own humanity. But I've been talking about creation now, ooh, about six months into COVID. I kept hearing myself say over and over and over again, just in dialogue with friends, You know, I know we want to refresh. I know we want to renew, restart, and all of those things, right? Everybody tired, some people weary. And while those things are very important, what comes to my heart and my mind is that, is it really about remixing, restarting, redoing what has been? And I don't believe that that's the season that we're in in the world. I believe that we're in the season, in this season of creation. The world is really, in my heart of hearts, I believe a demand for transformation right now. Look around, right? And uh, so it started me to asking myself, which I share with you all, I think a few times, my work, I'm in New York City for the first time after one year, six months and 32 days. This is my first in-person event. After living my life on a stage for 30 years, and in this particular case, coming to work with this client in New York for 18 years, every four weeks, I would be here doing this live event. That is very rewarding. It changes people's lives. And that's all I knew. And I believe because the work is so intimate and so powerful and it's such a high touch environment, it is no way that this work could ever be done what the way other people were using Zoom. Mm -hmm. And boy, have I been wrong. Mm -hmm. And that began to make me think about where else am I stuck and thinking that the way that it has been is the only way that it can be where else am I unwilling to reimagine what could be that may be limiting me? Mm-hmm. And it set me into this whole thinking and reflection and prayer, asking myself, 
what wants to be created in the world now mm -hmm. and what wants to be created through me and for me what wants to be created things that will happen to me that are actually for me and how do I have those things be for me even when they're painful not that I'm going to enjoy them all and so I got into this whole thing about creation. And I really do believe that that is the call from God right now. Let's create a new. When we look back in history, there's different, very lines of demarcation where someone decided that I'm that somebody to create something new. And who popped into my mind actually was Martin Luther King. That was the season where something was created anew like we've never seen before when he decided to do, you know, to take the stand for the voting rights for our people. So we get to look at the way that the world is personally with our families, your children, and collectively and begin to reimagine or to imagine. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So let's talk, I want to just talk a little bit about the definition of creation. And it's just one, it's many different ones. But the ones that stood out for me is creation is to set free from restraints. Creation is to set free from confinements. Creation is to relieve from something that confines, burdens, or oppresses us. And when I started to think about each of you and myself as well, you know, I said, well, what are the things that am I uh, allowing? Because it's always a choice, no matter how difficult it may seem, we are always with the choice. But what am I right now? allowing to restrain me, confine me, constrict me, oppress me. And when it comes to your children, your bloodline, the bone of your bone, the, you know, your flesh, your, your babies, it's very easy to be constricted, confined, and oppressed by the challenges that they're having. And one of the things that I know will need to happen with us to have freedom and to actually create is to choose you. And Kelly shared a story with me about a week or two ago. And Kelly, when, when I'm done, I really would like you to talk about how powerful that was when you chose yourself. And the point of power is always when it is occurring, not after the fact. You know, when I'm in my pain, when I am angry to the hill and I want to go from zero to a thousand, at some point in, when it is occurring, I need to choose an alignment with my peace, my joy, my freedom, my vision versus after the fact. If we, you know, cause we always say next time, next time, next time. But that is creation. So I ask you just to think for a moment, what are some of the things that I wanna be free of? Maybe it's worry, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's anger. You know, maybe you want to be free of the grief if your child has taken, let's say, a different course than you had imagined. The truth of the matter is that's a grieving process. You're grieving the child and the future of your child that may or may not be what's going to happen now. So just allow yourself to connect in that way. You know, what is oppressing me? What am I burdened by? 
And how do I move from that to create past that? For me, creation is powerful in that every single thing that is once wasn't until somebody decided that I'm that somebody or somebody decided that that's enough or somebody decided, you know what, why not? Or somebody decided I'm going to, somebody decided it is enough. You know, every single thing that we see in life one point did not exist and someone got empowered to have it be different. And that can go from a very, very personal situation to air flight, electricity, and all the things that we see, very tangible things, right? So I like to say it this way, creation is where all new possibility resides. Creation is a choice. We have to choose it. Oh my gosh, if I haven't learned anything in this last year and a half with COVID and what I'm now calling the COVID remix is that I get to choose creation, right? It is a choice. But what I've come to love the most about creation is creation is very 40. It's future focus. It's possibility focus. Creation does give us the inspiration to reimagine or to imagine what it is that we would love to have. Whereas reflection oftentimes, well, reflection is always past focus. Now, I'm not here to say that reflection is a bad thing. There's a thing called effective reflection. I think the only time we reflect is to we should be intentional about how can I use what has happened to grow myself, to forward myself, to learn. And I ask myself three questions to help me do that when I'm reflecting is what worked, and I've shared this with you all before, or what didn't work, uh, what's working, or what's not working, right? And what can I do differently? And it's from that place that I'm now, because when I say what's worked or what's working, that's going to give me information. What hasn't worked and what's not working will also give me information. And then what can I do differently? That's what I call a committed action question. It's going to call action from myself versus what we oftentimes do, especially when challenged, right? is we're asking what I call low yielding analysis paralysis questions. What's wrong with me? Why is this happening? Why can't they get it? How come they keep doing this? You know, and on and on and on. One cause a downward spiral, stagnation, and, a, and we don't move forward. Other, another type of question will elevate, it reveals, it inspires, and it makes request of us. So that would be one thing that I would ask you that, you know, just be mindful of is to notice the questions and just take those three. I use them all the time. I call them committed action questions. So again, reflection is past focus, effective reflection. We can use it to uh, move past the past, if you will, and to forward ourselves. And that past can be as recent as yesterday. You know how you're in it with your kids or in life? It can be an hour ago, an hour, something that happened an hour ago does not have to have us defeated and depressed tomorrow or the next hour. You actually in real time, in the height of the emotion, 
if we stop and say, what do I want to create in this moment? Is this working? Is this not working? What do I need to do to shift? We can on a dime have our experience be different and take different actions. Um, when emotions are high, logic is in the toilet. And that's a crude way of saying it, but it's low. So constantly noticing, acknowledging it. You know, I'm angry, I'm furious right now. Let me stop. How do I look at this? What's working right now? We're button heads. We're both talking at the same time. Let me breathe. Let me choose from vision and not from emotion. Or let me choose from love. So that's one of the things that I've learned. Um, the other thing is, I think I've talked a bit about this with you before. We must think about what we're thinking about. I think about what I'm thinking about. You, I can never teach it enough. I can never say it enough to myself and the world. Us and our thoughts are not one. We are authoring every single thing that we're thinking every single moment. Now, this takes rigor. It takes training. And it takes a commitment to your peace and to a redesign. And sometimes we're wanting something to be different, but our commitment, we're saying one thing, but we're still committed to the pain and committed to being right about how bad it is or how disobedient they are or how long it's been going on or whatever the story is. You have to keep your vision of what you would like to have senior to all of the pressures and the things that are coming at us and bombarding us at, you know, 24 hours a day for some of us. And so these tools are personal tools that when it happens, that is the time to choose differently and to be different. It takes time. So that's where the grace is. I slip all the time, but I slip less than what I used to. And I do this more than not. And it keeps me almost most of the time in a constant state of peace, right? And when I find it, when I'm starting to lose my peace, I come right back and peace is priceless. That's no longer a theory. That's no longer a cool thing to say. It's just some things I'm unwilling to do, unwilling to think about, unwilling to go places I'm unwilling to go emotionally. I'm saying unless somebody's passed away, it's not much I should be getting worked up about. To that degree, I can be concerned, but I'm gonna keep my head about me and stay centered so that I stay in peace, that peace is my best friend. It's a constant. And um, I think we should fight as hard for our peace as we do for saving perhaps your children. That's it, I mean, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> You could, you could, you know, they could be doing well. You could be well. You could be a gazillionaire. But if you don't have peace, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. It's just not, if, if my life isn't being, and then I, I am not one that's going to stop at peace. I demand fulfillment from my life. Mm -hmm. I demand Kelly joy. I get pissed if something starts eroding all my joy. Yes. It's kind of a point of contention between my husband and myself because you live in this pink bubble and you just come unglued when things are not going up. Yeah. yeah. I fight for my joy. I quit and got fired from every amazing double six figure job that I have ever had. The moment 
is do I take in my peace? I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say some things that my husband says to me, but he has a belief that I'll leave it. He said, my wife will leave a blank. <laughs> I love it, but he doesn't. He realizes you are not going anywhere. You love him <laughs> to death. We love, we know that. I uh, that my joy is a non-negotiable is what he means. Right? Absolutely. I don't mm-hmm. know. House big enough. There's not enough money in the bank. There's not enough pretty cars in the garage for me to lose my peace. Absolutely. Get on the peace and joy train. Then there's some new decisions that need to be made. Well, as as you were speaking, um, Sylvia, I was just thinking about, you know, the fact that we have a choice that so resonated with me. And last time when you were here, you know, when you really broke down the word serenity and the word acceptance and the words courage, um, you know, recently I had an opportunity to make a choice with Kyle, my, our 19 year old. And he, I've shared this on previous calls, you know, graduated from high school this year, praise God, and uh, but didn't want to go to college. You know, he had been accepted to schools um, and reali- realized, I realized he didn't want to go. And so uh, mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago, he said, I think I want to go to Atlanta, work on my music career. And so a couple different options there, right? So my husband's like, we're going to put them on the plane and go have it, have at it. And I woke up one weekend and realized he was about to leave and go to Atlanta with, you know, no place to live, no food, no money, nothing. And so um, I made a choice to get on the plane with him, to go to Atlanta, to help him find a place to live, to have shelter. And I realized if he were going to college, which is a quote unquote traditional trajectory defined by whom I'm not sure, but if he were to do that, we would have been driving somewhere or hopping on a plane and getting his dorm ready, getting him all set up for college, taking all the pictures, you know, posting all over social media. This is, you know, Kyle's at such and such school. So I realized his journey is a different journey. He's not going to college, but that doesn't mean we have to not help him get set up for his life. And so went to Atlanta, ran around the city um, in a rental car with him for a few days and looking for apartments that were walking distance to Amarta, you know, because he doesn't have a car, et cetera, et cetera. And then we were having a beautiful few days because I was choosing to respond differently. And I was working really hard to stay calm when he might say something that got on my nerves or something. He raised his voice a couple of times. And I was like, instead of snapping back like I normally would, I said, Kyle, I really would appreciate it if you check your tone with me. And very calmly, totally different reaction and response than I would have done six months ago when I was upset with him about many things. Um, so that space of staying in, a, in calm and peace was huge for me. And then one night he decided he was going to leave the hotel to go see his girlfriend in Richmond, go take a 13 hour bus ride, et cetera, et cetera. And I look over and I said, are you about to leave? And he responded, yeah. And I said, really? After everything we've been doing for the last few days and blah, blah, blah. He ends up leaving. Turns out he came back. You know, my husband talked some sense into him and a couple other people. He came back to the hotel. And I, but that, by that point, I was so angry and so triggered at the audacity of him to even leave the hotel. I was done. And I had to really focus on 
that peace and that calm. And I woke up the next morning, just a few hours later. And I said, you know what? I have to protect my peace. And so I put him on a plane to Richmond to see his girlfriend. Cause I said, if he stays here today, it is not going to go well. I could feel it. I could feel the energy had shifted. I was not in a good space. And so I said, I have to protect my peace. How is that going to work? What's going to work is for me to run to Florida for some sunshine for a minute. And while he goes to Richmond, I need him out of my presence at this moment or else it's going to be a really bad situation. I can do that. But that paradigm shift came from you sharing. We have that opportunity to make a choice in the moment. So I could either punch him in the face like I wanted to do, which I would never, I wouldn't do, but that's how I felt. I wanted to just strangle him and say, are you kidding me? I've been here trying to help you all week, running around, doing Zooms, trying to keep my job down from the car, you know, pulling over on the side of the road, all kinds of crazy. And you're going to leave to go see your girlfriend in the middle of the night? Are you kidding me? But the reality was in that moment of that shift gave me such power and an opportunity to redefine our relationship. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And so he went to see the girl. He came back, you know, on Sunday. And we moved him into this apartment that we found in three days. And he worked like crazy. And then I left. And when I left... The next day, the courage to leave my child who, you know, has a job down the street at Five Guys working on his music career. That's his focus. It was the moment to really step into that new space of courage and acceptance and serenity and peace and all of that. But it all comes from that power of the choice that you just talked about, the power to say this can be different. Doesn't have to be the relationship that we've had up until now. Let's create some new uh, a new dynamic between mother and son, you know, in a different space of acceptance and a powerful choice of protecting my own peace. Mm-hmm. So I just want to share that because what you said this morning really resonated with me. Application. So transformation, what I often say, is, is one of the most powerful things that exists on the planet. That's what keeps me doing it for these many years. Because for real, for real, what you just demonstrated is what you've heard me speak to. It's an action learn process. It's not think about it, think about it, and then I'm gonna. There had you have when is the point of choice? We have to be different in order for it to be different in real time. So you have to be in the moment of the upset, of the anger, of the fear, of the disappointment, of the discouragement and use this gift that God gave only to human beings, by the way, the power of choice. I'm choosing, not pretending that it didn't hurt, not pretending that you don't, we're not talking ignore, pretend, or play pass it or brush it under the carpet. Own, I am angry, I am disappointed, I am sad. This is a rule, but in this moment, I am choosing my peace. Absolutely. To release. I'm choosing love. I tell you, one of the things that will serve me and all of us is I have to ask myself, do I want to be right or do I want my peace? Do I want to be right or do I want my harmony? Do I want to be right or I want my kids safe? 
That's like awesome. that, right? And no matter how hard it is to, to take it on, and he's only 19, so you know he don't know what he think he knows, but it's still called his life. And at a certain point, I forget where I heard this, you go from um, being a manager of their lives to being a consultant. That's right. And right now- well, you, you also said be a guide from the side instead of a stage yeah. from stage from the stage. You said that in one of your previous talks too. And yeah. that's really hard for most of us because we want to be right all the time. Or we think we know best. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want to just say real quick about creation. We're not talking magic. I really don't want us to forget the humanity that lives in us, the love, the you know, frailty at times, because we're talking family and our loved ones and children. So it's still a big deal. It's your greatest love, you know? But what I know for sure, the creator, meaning God, created us, his creation to create. And I am really moving further and wet further away from what if the point of life was simply creation and learning and growing. And that was the end game versus all these things that we've imposed on each other. Like you said, um, Kelly, I caught it when you said going to college, the traditional route. Who said that? Who said an education? I think we get caught up in what is an education. If you've got a brilliant artist that this stuff could never be learned in a book that could take them far, but the world has said to so many people that art and performance, you can't make a good living. But we got enough evidence to say that that's not true. And I wonder why so much of that is prevalent. Is it the collective consciousness that we were born into about these are the things that make you successful and these are the things you understand? So it's like self-fulfilling prophecy almost when we think about the careers that we've said work and don't work mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. have a shot because of the great amount of uh, opposition if you will and the negative uh, connotation oftentimes around being an artist or a musician or whatever it is what I do know you've probably made one of your best decisions for your son because what I learned from one of my great mentors when I didn't know what the heck I was doing when I quit the last job, it was totally irresponsible. Not enough money in the bank, single, living in the Bay Area, not a clue about what I was gonna do, but I go to work, not planning to do that that day and then give my notice at work. Hey, I'm giving y'all a 30 day notice with $5,000 in the bank living in the Bay Area. That won't even last a month reality hit me hard and I shared this with you before I start to cry ugly cry at work with the CEO he didn't want me to leave I was a great producer and he said I want to take advantage of your fear but the truth of the matter is a person that goes for it can never lose because who you become going for your vision and your goal even if you don't reach the destination that you were headed to will not be the same person that thought about it and didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even giving him this opportunity, you know, perhaps he'll come, he'll do very well with it, or mm-hmm. he will be able to say, you know what, I went for it. My mom, my dad supported me. Let me make some new choices. That's right. That's what we'll hope for. What I know for sure, most of us need to own our authority 
that we actually have the power to choose. The world will have you feel as though you have no choices. Your responsibilities will oftentimes have you feel as though you have no choices. But if we can own that we have the authority to, and the power to choose and that you actually have the authority to offer yourselves above any circumstance. That's how we were designed, the divine design of God. He gave us three free thought and the power of authorship and being intentional that and own that I am authoring everything I think about. It allows us to then be the creator of the narrative from which we live. And the narrative from which we live will create and manifest the tangible things that are in our lives. So with intentional authorship, you can author any circumstance. I've shared with you all many things about myself. And the one where I didn't have this word, I hadn't done this transformational work, but I authored the murder that I observed from the, I've only been in love twice, my college boyfriend and my husband. And when that happened, I was devastated, want to die. Oh my God, I'm 24 years old. How could this be? And then because of my mother and some things she said to me, I'm sorry that this happened, but people live a lifetime and never been loved the way you've been loved. Consider yourself blessed. She said that in the height of my pain and it literally snatched me out of the grave. Mm. It snatched me out. And that night, I didn't know what I had done. I did it via prayer, but I said, Lord, since you left me here, I want to live a full, rich, fulfilling life. By the next day in court with the murderer, I then access the power of forgiveness because I began to think, oh my God, his kids are not going to have a dad. She's not going to have a husband. Mm -hmm. And I began to author that, you know what? I'm going to live a full, rich, fulfilling life. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let this take, I'm not going to be full of hate. I release it. And that authorship gave me a freedom with humanity. I don't want to think about who I would have been if I had authored unforgiveness and holding on and how could this be? And you're looking at a person that was just about to get married and picked out my convertible sob and all of that. And in a minute, my whole life is different. So when you can learn that I am the author of everything that I'm thinking and uh, what happens then you start to happen to your life versus it happening to you, you then will drive the fabric Kelly, in that breakdown of what you just described with Kyle, you define the fabric and the tone of that in the midst of the chaos. And that's because you authored and then narrated how you mm -hmm. feel about it. And that is available to us all the time. If we could think of ourselves as a container, you know, like this cup right here, right? It's a container. And if I fill it up to the rim with coffee, that's all that can get in here if this cup, if this cup is filled to the rim mm -hmm. with right. So part of what we want to do, if we realize that we are the container in our cases, it's our head and our hearts that we fill up. Mm -hmm. And we just stop sometimes and say, what is my mind full of right now? Is it full of worry? Is it full of doubt? Is it full of fear? Is it full of anger? If my is is my heart resigned? And then we have to release. So this is one thing that I'm going to ask you guys over the next week uh, to ask yourself, what am I filled with right now? 
-hmm. And this is one of the pieces that I'm going to be doing at I Am Woman is a releasing exercise. I release worry. I release fear. I release. I release. I release, and you may, it's an emptying out process and keep releasing, 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 releasing. And then the next step that we as women in particular have a difficult time is I receive, I'm willing to receive, I'm yes to receiving, I'm yes to receiving. So I'm gonna do a releasing and receiving exercise. And then the final piece of that that I'm asking us to do collectively at the I Am Women's Conference is, I am a creator creating. I'm a creator creating. I'm a creator creating. Mm -hmm. And we don't wait for circumstances to tell us that we can do mm -hmm. those things. Um, it's really doing it in the middle of whatever is not going quite the way we want it to go. And then those things do indeed shift. What I've come to know is that I really am a divine creation that shares the same DNA that God shares. And if I could catch up to God's vision of me, wow. Then the thing that he says in the Bible, I know the plans that I have for you is that you prosper and be in good health, even that your soul prosper. And you know, none of the things that I have for you are meant for bad. Although some of the things we well know feel bad. My biggest breakthroughs have not been from the great, amazing things that I've accomplished, but it has been from my breakdowns. Because there we discover ourselves and parts of ourselves, character, strength, uh, wisdom that we didn't know we have. And Kelly, what is so beautiful about sunrise, our test can actually turn into testimonies, mm -hmm. but we must be free from the shackles of concern about the opinions of the world. See, I'm very clear. I don't want to run nobody else's race. I don't want to be anybody else. You know, I'm rolling the dice on what God really has planned for me. And another thing that I had to come to in my challenging times is, you know, do I trust in God or do I trust God? I believe in God, but do I believe God? And that was a choice I had to make it that murder with the murder is that some things on this planet I may leave not understanding, but I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing to live a full, rich, fulfilling life. And that's exactly what has happened. And it's not been without challenges since that one. But uh, one of the things that I love about me and there's a lot I don't like is I'm a very grateful person. And I'm grateful to be grateful. And I got grateful very quickly in the midst of that trauma. And I believe that's how I accessed peace so quickly. And I didn't become a woman of distrust and fear of humanity and, you know, all of that. I do have things from it. You know, if, you, if you're in my house and all of a sudden you go, ah, I jump still today. What's the matter? That's post-traumatic stress syndrome. People mm. think it's just from the war, but it's not, you know? Right. I still get triggered in a way that is more than normal people would if you make a loud noise or I hear you breathing a certain way. And it's from that particular event, I was able to put that together. So those are just a few of the things. And I, I don't want to talk too much. I want to hear what some of you don't. Oh, this is one other thing I want to say too. When you are actually in creation, 
there's things that go with creation. There's usually no evidence that you can do what you're looking to do. You probably don't even feel like you have the strength to do it. You're not even a master at what you're looking to create. If you've been living in turmoil, you have not mastered peace. So there's no evidence. You're not a master at it, right? And there's usually not a, a lot of agreement. The world would say, ooh, you should be going crazy right now. How could you find peace when you got your children that are... Mm. So no evidence, no agreement, no authority. So you could, that's where that grace comes in and allow yourself a learner, some false starts. You may have start a thousand times. But what I ask is a couple of things that you um, want to steer away from that is an easy place to go when we're challenged is resignation and this thing called the inevitable. Uh, it's always been this way. It's been this way so long. It ain't going to change. Mm -hmm. Don't allow it. That is quicksand that will take you under and keep you in overwhelm. And maybe mm -hmm. you know, we can't even rise from it. So notice mm -hmm. when you go to a no possibility mindset. And that's just two words that I ask myself, especially when I'm stressed. Are you in a possibility mindset right now, Sylvia? Are you in a no possibility mindset? Mm -hmm. And when I'm stressed, I'm usually thinking of all the things that can go wrong and how much time I don't have and why did I wait so long to do it and all my and then it just escalates. When I go, you know, when I'm competent, I'm going to take a breath. Who can I get to help me? I can move from no possibility to possibility. And I might be on that continuum 10 times in a day, depending on how many balls I got in the air. I'm in and out of that, but I can get out of it quick because I can recognize and observe you know, from my mm -hmm. uh, behavior mm -hmm. that I've moved to the other end of the continuum and then I move back. So good. If you still wanted to comment or speak, looks like there are a couple people. So please feel free, jump in. I just want to thank you, um, Sylvia, because you, you have blessed me in immeasurable ways hearing you this morning and your, um, just your, how authentic you are that really shines through. And the one thing that I wanted to share, which I have been really sort of taking myself to task over the last couple of weeks with my children in terms of my own behavior. And it really brought me back to um, Corinthians and what love is, what the word says in Corinthians. Mm -hmm. And I realized that what it says, I was not doing with my children, that mm -hmm. love is patient and love is kind. I wasn't being patient. I wasn't being kind. And the thing that I was most doing was keeping a record of wrong. And that's also what Corinthians says. Don't keep a record of wrong. And every time I would get frustrated and in my feelings about things with them, I would just tell them all the bad things I remembered they had done the day before or the day before that. And then it came to me, who makes you the author of right and wrong, when here you are doing wrong. You have got to reevaluate yourself. God gave you these kids as a gift. They're your blessings. And all you're doing is punching holes in them, punching holes in their spirit, taking away from their magic and what God has given them. Because I could look in their eyes and see the hurt, but I was dealing with my own hurt and my own frustration. And my own, why couldn't you have been this, that, and the other thing? You were honors all through school. Why don't I see you doing it in college? Where is, and so what I had to tell myself was take a step back. 
Be what God calls you to be. Be what he set out in his word. That's not too hard for you. And it will bless your children. And so what I realized I had to do with that form of accountability was to go back and apologize to both of them. Yes. And I did so. I said, I just want to apologize that I'm not always as good as I should be to you. And here are the things that I'm going to work on. How can I be a better parent to you? How can I be more loving to you? Please feel free to tell me about my missteps because they're going to help me to step up right and be a better mom to you because I love you both so much that that love sometimes overpowers my ability to see my rights and my wrongs. And I tell you, they were just so open to hearing that. So I just wanted to share that because it allowed me a moment with my children that um, just really took me back. And I try to remember it every time now when I get in my feelings or I want to yell or I want to scream. I literally think about what it says in Corinthians, what it is to love. And um, so thank you for sharing and thank you for your awesomeness this morning. Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing. So much came up for me when you said that, first of all, you're their parents and not their God. That's one. One of the things that we get in the trap of doing with our parents and people that we have long-term relationships with is holding people in their history. And if you hold people in their history, even when they start to shift their behaviors, you won't be able to see because now you've got a filter through which you see them, which is their history and their past mistakes, right? We as parents don't want to, I, we will use our disappointments and become abusive or mean because we're disappointed and we don't, we're trying to get through and we see if we can just dagger or say it loud enough or you know say it mean enough not the intention to hurt but that's what we use oftentimes to try to be an interruption and to call them forth it doesn't work I love how can I be a better parent but and it's not a child that don't know their parent loves them that's nice but your your biggest and most powerful key to creating change and empowering your child is to have them experience your love for them, for them as a being, not based on their performance. If they can experience your love, that's different than knowing that you love them. And it starts with cleaning up some things like what you just did. That was super courageous. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love that as well. That was amazing. So thank you. The last thing I want to say is know who you are, ladies. We're more powerful than we think or imagine. And um, keep on the side of possibility and know that God's got you and your children. And thank you, Kelly, for this opportunity again to share. Wonderful. I thank you for that. And thank you for this morning. It's such a, uh, just a beautiful reminder that we have the power to make the choices that we want. And uh, we have the power to be who we want to be. I love that line. So thank you for that. Um, thank you so much, Sylvia, for being here. I really appreciate you as always. And so what I want to do, based on that caller who shared um, that Corinthians verse earlier, I want to just read that to us. It's such a beautiful reminder 
of how if we open up our hearts and lead with love and compassion, we can create those relationships that we want to create. So I'd like to read from that as our closing prayer. So this is Corinthians 1, chapter 13, verses 4, and I'm going to read verse 8. Uh, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Ooh, uh-huh. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. That is going to stick with me this week. Thank you so much for the caller who shared that with us this morning. That was incredibly powerful. I appreciate you for being here, all of you um, for being here. And Sylvia, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful week. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or email at info at NAMI.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.